Welcome back to the River Heights Buzz, everyone. <laughs> We're on episode 28 today, tonight, whenever you listen to this. Yes, we are. And this is take two of us starting to record. And I cannot see your very pretty face, Candace. Uh, why does this always happen? I don't understand. Like It wouldn't be us if we had some kind of something happen i know i know but i just i don't understand because it's like when we first get on we talk for a few minutes before we actually hit record and it works yeah but it's like you hit record and then something weird happens yeah and then it's then it's like my computer has a mind of its own so i don't know hold on let me i can see you now ah i saw you and then it it, okay now you're back yes okay (laughs) All right, we'll see how long this lasts. Hopefully the whole time. (laughs) We'll see. So we're your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candice, and I'm here with my coffee. Are you going to have lots of energy if you're drinking coffee, Candice? Probably, because I'm not going to lie, this is my second iced coffee of the day, so. Hey, you're having coffee for the both of us. There you go. Because I don't drink coffee, so. (laughs) That's okay, because on a regular basis, I drink enough for the both of us. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Love iced coffee. So today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 4, The Haunted Ring. The episode description is, as the funeral for Tiffany Hudson nears, Her confused spirit seemingly haunts Horseshoe Bay. Nancy invites Bess to stay with her, allowing Nancy to figure out what Bess is hiding. And the original air date was October 30th, 2019. Scene opens up and it's kind of basically a continuation of the very end of last week's episode. Um, We're at Nancy's house and like you said, she had just asked Bess to spend a few days with her um, because Bess is living in a van, essentially, as we all know. And so Nancy, like Bess is asleep. Nancy's kind of awake. Now she's kind of stressed out because she found Tiffany Hudson's ring in Bess's stuff. Bess dropped it when Bess was gathering her stuff up to go to Nancy's house. And so now Nancy's afraid that she might have just, you know, asked for a sleepover with a a killer not exactly a good life choice by any means. I could see why Nancy would be nervous about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's super sketch. Because, I mean, that ring is huge and it's gorgeous. But Bess has no reason to have it. So that's super sketchy. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I understand Nancy being nervous. Like, why do you have this ring? It doesn't look good. Candace? Yeah. Do you take this imaginary ring and join me on this crazy episode journey i do (laughs) i do absolutely like i said nancy's kind of laying there awake a million things going on in her mind we've all been there we've all had sleepless nights like that the worst possible thing happens door kind of creaks open and you hear some footsteps on the floor and then you hear some electrical crackling sounds best wakes up at this point and nancy of course you know trying to be logical which i would like to think that I would try to be logical if I were in her shoes. But then again, I don't know if I would freak out hearing footsteps with no reasonable explanation for it. But Nancy says, oh, it's just an old house. It's just settling. There's wood creaks. It happens, which is true. It happens. But Bess, God love her, dramatic, 
already interested in the supernatural, as we can tell from these first few episodes. So she's thinking the worst. So they go downstairs, which what are two girls going to do if it was actually, you know, like a person? They had no weapons with them. So no way to protect themselves, but whatever. So they're investigating and they see that the porch light is kind of flashing and making noise. And then all of a sudden the microwave turns on and there's nothing inside of it. And then it cracks. Very interesting pattern. We'll get back to that. Next thing you know, one of the lamps in the living room turns on and starts buzzing and making that electrical noise. Like it's going to short circuit. Then the TV turns on. But before the TV goes, the light shuts off. Yes, the light does shut off. You're right. The light shuts off. Then the TV turns on. And it just so happens yeah, yeah. to be playing the video that Nancy took on her phone when she thought she was getting a video of the fireworks. But she actually got the video of Tiffany's last few minutes being alive. And then the TV explodes. And it's the same pattern as on the microwave. Yes. So let's keep that memory and put that in our back pocket because we'll we'll get back to that. So let's let's just break this down for a second. This whole scene. Think about all the stuff that gets destroyed. Was that stuff actually destroyed? Like, what was it actually cracked? I guess yeah. so. Because later on, Carson says, "Don't use the microwave." And then Carson just conveniently shows up after everything is like broken or, or like off. Yeah, it's like thanks for the help, Dad. Appreciate it. But <laughs> it's very strange. So it makes me wonder how much damage was actually done because that would suck. Anyways, so yeah, Carson comes down conveniently after everything's said and done. And Nancy's like, by the way, this is Bess Marvin. You know, you've never met her before, but I, you know, volunteered to allow her to stay here for a few days, which seems strange, but you know, whatever. I mean, at this point, we all know Carson and Nancy are not on the best of terms. So I guess it makes sense that Nancy just made that decision to let Bess come over, but it still seems strange to me. Uh, Like I said, Nancy and Carson are not really on good terms right now. So Nancy goes back upstairs and Bess is in her room and she finds a picture of Nancy and her mom and asks about her and, you know, Nancy's not wanting to talk about it, which is understandable. And it's like, it's kind of still is on the theme of not communicating. Yeah. Just like, I could see why Nancy would not want to talk about it. Cause it's still like really painful. Yeah. But it's she, it would be helpful for her to actually talk about it at least a little bit at a time. Yeah. All this stuff is going on and Nancy's thinking in her head, maybe this is Lucy trying to warn her that Bess is the killer. But, you know, who knows? So then we get a flashback to Nancy probably only like a year ago as far as the timeline runs. And she's getting ready to go to a dance, but she's not really wanting to go because her mom's like in the final stages of being sick. And it's very obvious that it's getting near the end. And so Nancy feels kind of like a a little bit of guilt for, you know, wanting to do something else and not be there for her mom. But her mom convinces her, you know, I want you to have these experiences. You've missed enough of your senior year. You're going to want to have these memories later on down the road. And then it flashes forward a little bit more and Nancy is suddenly looking at her mother's grave. And then all of a sudden she wakes up. So that's like a horrible dream. So Nancy wakes up, she goes downstairs and Carson is asking about Bess and asked if, you know, maybe she and Nancy went to school together or how she knew her. And Nancy says, no, uh, she works at the claw. Carson then tells her that he's going to be late because he's going to be with Ryan because today is Tiffany's funeral. And so he's going to be with his client and he and Nancy kind of argue a little bit, which like I said, they're kind of on the outs right now. So it's kind of understandable. And we get the news that 
with that autopsy that happened out of state for Tiffany that she apparently passed away of natural causes. But of course we don't believe that. Natural causes in aliens. Yes. (laughs) Because if you all remember from last episode, Ryan let us in on the little bit of information from his prenuptial agreement that the only way he was going to get any of his wife's estate was if she passed away of natural causes. Did And this kind of goes back on what we were saying last time, right? Yes. Where did Ryan pay off the medical examiner and be like, just say natural causes and be done with it because I need the money. Yes. Super sketch. Nancy ends up going, I guess, down to the harbor and she starts talking to this guy who's working on a boat it's clear that she knows this guy. And so they're kind of catching up for a second. And we find out that he's actually a person that works for the Marvin family, who apparently is a kind of well-to-do family, kind of, I guess, I assume along the same lines of the Hudson, just being a big named family in that town. And she starts talking about Bess. And this guy says that he's worked for the Marvin family for 20 years and doesn't know a Bess Marvin. And then this kind of goes more with Nancy not trusting Bess and what's she hiding and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So once again, looking super sketch for Bess. So scene changes. Nick is at the mechanic shop and Nancy calls him on the phone and he looks like he's in the middle of setting up like some kind of security camera system. Cause I guess he's holding on to um, some stuff in that safe that he wants to make sure that no one gets into. And it's, I think it's the bear, it's the bearer bonds that we find out later. Yeah. Yeah. The bearer bonds that we discussed last episode. So um, they're talking on the phone and he's aware that Tiffany apparently passed of natural causes. And he kind of is along the same lines thinking like best that it's, basically a get out of jail free card for them since they're all technically still kind of suspects in her death. So Nancy, of course, doesn't believe that, but you know, kind of understand where she's coming from because it just, it seems sketchy. And so as she's walking down the sidewalk, this girl walks past her and Nancy says that that's Laura Tandy, who is actually Tiffany's sister. Megan just popping in here to say that Tandy is a reference to Russell Tandy, who was the original cover artist for Nancy Drew books for volumes 1 through 10 and 12 through 26. And fun fact, unfortunately, the original paintings for all of them, except for numbers 18 and 21, were destroyed in a fire at his house in 1963. Next scene, Laura, Tiffany's sister, busts into the police station and essentially gives the police officers what for wanting to know about her sister and what happened. I am like, I don't blame her for like barging in there and being no, like, I don't either. Foot down and be like, that seemed like a quick turnaround, you know, and be like, yeah. I don't believe all this thing, natural causes. I'm going to get to the bottom of it, whether you like it or not, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She even drops the bombshell that she knew that Ryan was cheating and that he apparently has no money. Interesting that someone else knows. And didn't it, wasn't it when Laura was at the police station and she's like, how does a 28-year-old that I just talked to last week was fine, perfect health, die of natural causes all of a sudden? Yeah. I mean, it's super sketchy unless there's some kind of undiagnosed like heart condition or something weird like that. 
Yeah. It's it's very sketch, for sure. So, scene changes. We're back at the claw. Ace gets a phone call, and it's that police officer. And he's like, I need you to follow Laura, because I know you have a history with her. Ace kind of like... Well, all right. So he goes back in for his shift and he pretends to be sick so that he can be sent home so he can go ahead and start tailing Laura. Around this time, Bess comes in, I guess, for her shift and she's putting her stuff in her locker. She starts hearing whispering. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in my head, like I said, this is the first time that I'm doing another run through of these episodes. So I really can't remember f- the finer details of what happened. So I'm just like bracing myself for a jump scare. That ended up never happening, thank God. So she kind of, you know, puts it aside and doesn't think about it. She ends up going into the walk-in freezer, and she's holding Tiffany's ring. She keeps hearing these whispering sounds. And she closes the door. (laughs) Yeah, which is strange, because my understanding of lock-in freezers or walk-in freezers is that it's going to lock behind you, like, from the inside. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, if the door is closed... And you're on the inside of it. You can't get back out. Someone on the other side has to let you out. Yeah. So maybe that's not the scenario for this one. But I think like your average walk-in freezer like that, that's how it is. So the next thing we know, something attacks Bess and she's on the ground. She's got these scratches on the back of her calves that look horrible. Look like they're bleeding. (laughs) And this is when Bess finally has to say she's got the ring. But she says that she found it in the parking lot. And something in the air vent was the thing that attacked her. Yeah. But we don't know what it is. Strange. So, (laughs) scene changes. Ace is doing a horrible job of trying to watch Laura to see what she does. Because she catches him. And she's like, I know you've been tailing me for like the last two hours. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brings him like. Like, she, She doesn't mess around. She just goes straight for the jugular and says, I know what you're doing. Let's just talk, hang out, whatever. So we learn that apparently there was some flirting and some feelings between them. And they hung out all last summer together. And then she confides in Ace and says that her last conversation with Tiffany was actually kind of a fight that Tiffany told Laura, that she was getting the courage up to actually divorce Ryan. And Laura apparently in turn told her to suck it up. So clearly Laura's got some bad feelings about leaving their last conversation that way, which is totally understandable. I mean, you never really can know for sure when it's going to be your last conversation with someone. So I understand her feeling bad about that. And I feel like it happens a lot more than we hear about. Whenever someone dies, I feel like half the time when they talk to someone, like on the phone or in person, it's not a great conversation. Yeah. And it's like the person that's still alive and like, oh, I wish I didn't have an argument with this person before they died. Yeah. So scene changes and Carson and Ryan are together and Carson is having Ryan sign some documents for him. And Ryan, not being, you know, the grieving widower, asks Carson when he's going to get his money. That's all it seems that Ryan cares about. Yeah. That doesn't make Ryan look good. No. At all. Ryan asks Carson if he could read a statement after the funeral. And Carson reads the paper and turns out that the Hudson family is apparently going to be finding a nonprofit in honor of Tiffany. That all sounds like BS to me. 
Yeah, it sounds like a PR move to try to make the family look like they actually care when it really seems like they don't. So, like, they make me mad. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest. It's super sus. Yeah. So, we go back. Nancy's at the claw and she's going through Bess's locker and she finds a British passport. And Bess's last name apparently is not Marvin. It's Tarani. And Bess catches Nancy going through the locker. And Nancy being Nancy, she just straight out, flat out confronts her, wants to know who she is. Why is she parading around like she's a Marvin? Very strange. George then comes in and calls for a team meeting. And George's mom shows up and she's apparently a clairvoyant and she's also a drinker. Oh, man. Bad for George. So George's mom says that scratches that are on the back of Bess's legs are most likely the work of a new ghost. A ghost that apparently, you know, doesn't know their own strength, doesn't know what they're doing, whatever. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Kind of weird, but okay. So she thinks that it's probably Tiffany. And so what she says to do is they have to put the ring back on Tiffany's finger and they have to put a mirror over her heart. That's very important. Put the mirror over the heart so the ghost can apparently view their reflection and realize they're going where they need to go. Because if you don't put that mirror on top of the person's heart, the spirit could go somewhere else. And we will talk about that later. Yeah. Keep that in the back of your mind. Put that in your pocket and we'll we'll deal with it. Scene changes. Carson left some documents on his desk at the house and Nancy goes and looks at them and apparently it's the autopsy report. And Carson drives up, comes in the house and Nancy confronts once again. Nancy is all about confronting people. Like she doesn't hold it in. She just, she goes for the throat, which is something that I really admire about her. So she tells Carson the autopsy is clearly wrong because it doesn't make any mention of the needle mark that's behind Tiffany's ear. Carson's like, what do you mean? Nancy's like, I did it because I got a vial of her blood. So of course, Carson is mad. They argue. I mean, I see both sides of it. And then it's like, now, like, they're both mad. And then Carson goes and makes the comment where it's like, I'm working for the Hudson's. And then it's, I have to not only, like, kind of like pay back Nancy's bail money, And he still has all of the medical bills to pay. Yeah. And so, yeah, so Nancy doesn't take that comment very well, which is understandable. I don't think he necessarily meant anything bad by it. He was just stating the fact, like he's got bills he has to pay. He has to work. He has to have clients. This time the client just so happens to be Ryan is what it is. So scene changes and we're finally at Tiffany's funeral. And it's very strange. There are lots of people that are there. Ryan doesn't look at the casket. Bess is like terrified of even talking to the Marvin family, which is strange. Ace finds out that Laura doesn't know anything more than the police know about what happened to Tiffany. Ryan's dad is there, Everett. I think this is the first time we actually see Everett, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we start learning how terrible he is. That's a nice way of putting it. Can I just punch him? Uh, Yeah, I would like to. He's a piece of work. (laughs) To put it nicely. (laughs) To put it nicely, yeah. So (laughs) Tiffany's body is in a room separate from where the other people are at. And so George sneaks in. Bess is supposed to be watching the door. 
George sneaks in to put the ring back on Tiffany's finger, but she gets interrupted by Ryan and his dad. And so she has to hide. And Everett makes some really off-color comments about how it was a waste of a marriage, that she never had a baby. I mean, what he said was crazy. Like, I know, like, every parent, like, when, like, there's a couple that's married, the parents want to have grandkids. Mm -hmm. I could understand that. But the way that Everett explained it, he didn't have to be so nasty about the whole thing. Yeah, like, yeah. like <laughs> it was awful what he said. So, and I mean, you know, I get that when people's children get married, they want grandchildren. I get that. Like, I have people that ask me in real life when Mark and I are going to have a kid because come se- this September, we'll have been married for four years. And it's like, it'll happen when it happens, man. Like, don't ask people that because you don't know why. There could be specific reasons why. Like, yeah. they could have a hard time actually conceiving. Or maybe that's not what they want to do. Maybe they want to wait. Like, there are so many reasons why. Don't yeah. ask people. It's rude. Another thing that's very rude is if you notice that someone, you know, maybe put on a little bit of weight for whatever the reason. And then people are like, oh, congratulations. Are you pregnant? When are you due? You never ask a woman that. No. Ever. No. Like, no. It's horrible. Don't yeah. ever assume. No. If they are like, yes, I'm pregnant, then you can go ahead and say something. If yeah. they're not, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And it's yeah. none of your freaking business. It's true. It's true. <laughs> they leave. George is finally able to get the ring back onto Tiffany's finger. She kept the mirror in her purse. Mm-hmm. And isn't it this part when the spirit kind of creeps into George's bag? Uh, not yet. That's at the graveside. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. We'll get there. <laughs> So, like we said, Bess was trying to, was supposed to be keeping an eye on the door, but she took off because she was asked by her aunt, Diana, if she worked there, and she got flustered, and so she ran off. Nancy (laughs) finds her outside and finally gets some information from Bess. We find out that Bess is actually British, and she believes that she's a Marvin. She came there to Horseshoe Bay to find out for sure. She grew up, um, I think she said, on the east side of London. And from what I can gather, times were tough growing up for her. So she really is, you know, come to Horseshoe Bay to find out if she is, in fact, a Marvin. She needs DNA from one of them. And Nancy's like, I mean, I, you know, I kind of understand where you're coming from, but this could lead to some heartache if you end up finding out you're not a Marvin, but we'll deal with that later. We've got bigger fish to fry right now. <laughs> so switches over to the actual graveside service of Tiffany. And then Ryan's dad, Everett, is up saying his bit. And it's not believable at all. Like, there's, like, no remorse, no sadness. He's not crying. Just not believable that he's sad. And it's like, oh, we loved her. She was so amazing. Oh, shut up. Yeah, like, that's, like- that's how it is. You know, when people want all the attention on them and just saying what the people want to hear. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we start hearing the audio from the 911 call and it's Laura, Tiffany's sister, who's playing it. And she flat out calls the Hudson's all liars and says that she's going to prove that Tiffany was murdered. So I'm just like, (laughs) like it was bravo, Laura for standing up for your sister, but it was, it was a lot. 
And she had asked Ace earlier in the episode when they were talking if he still had his hacker skills. <laughs> Which, as we all very well know, he does. <laughs> so Nancy then finds herself at Lucy's grave. And Karen, the police officer, walks up and asks her if she's okay. Nancy, of course, you know, kind of blows her off. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, she doesn't want to talk about her feelings or anything like that. Totally understandable. And then Nancy starts asking about Lucy and asks Karen if she knew Lucy. And Karen kind of plays dumb. Eh, Not really, kind of, but no. We hung out in different circles. Yeah. Knew of her. We were in the same year, but that's it. Keep that in your back pocket. George is at the graveside of Tiffany. They've started putting the dirt back on. The burial process is what they're actually doing. And she's kind of doing a better apology than what she did earlier. Apologizing for messing around with a married man. And it's at this point that the spirit comes out of the ground, out of the casket, and goes into George's backpack. Because if we remember, that's where the mirror is. So... George... George is like, from season one till, like, I feel like beginning of season three-ish, at the end of season two, she's had a string of bad luck. Yeah, it's true. Even Mark said, why does everything bad happen to George? (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. Wrong place at the wrong time, I guess. (laughs) Is it just, like, is George just destined for bad luck or something? The blood bucket. That's all I can think of. Like, everything just went south after that. Real fast. Yeah. (laughs) Real fast. Scene kind of changes and Carson is at Kate's Drew and he has a bouquet of flowers for himself and a bouquet of flowers for Nancy. Nancy walks up and he's explained, you know, I leave these flowers here and these flowers are technically for you to leave for her. And they have their moment where they finally make up and everything is getting to be on the road to being better between Nancy and Carson, which is good. One of these is supposed to be from you. Not that you couldn't bring your own. It's just sort of a ritual I've been doing. Okay. I'll come back then. Hey, hey. This tension between us, it has to stop. I can't go on like this anymore. What can I do? Nothing. Seriously, Nancy? I wasn't with Mom when she died. I didn't get to see what she was going through or what she was feeling. I was in a gym dancing with my friends. I had my phone. You could have called. And instead, you made me believe that everything was okay. And I never got to say goodbye because of you. It's what she wanted. She wanted you to remember dance parties and homemade pizza nights. And the time that the projector broke at the drive-in and you guys acted out the entire final scene of when Harry met Sally verbatim for the audience. She didn't want you to remember herself, right? She wanted to protect you. What about what I wanted? There was so much more that I had to say. She knew how much you loved her. That's all that matters, that was enough. I was trying to honor your mom's wishes. I thought I was doing the right thing. Maybe I wasn't. Whatever you're feeling, you can carry it with you, but you can't let it consume you. 
And we find out that Kate actually passed away while Nancy was at that dance, the dance that she didn't want to go to. And Nancy is holding in her heart that she didn't get to actually say goodbye to her mom. And then she ends up kind of talking to her mom's grave. Totally get that. Been there, done that. I understand. Hi, Bob. A lot has happened since you died. Most of it's been pretty weird. I'm starting to believe in ghosts. <laughs> it took me a while to get there, I think, because I was waiting for you. I thought if ghosts exist, you would come to me. Why haven't you? Am I not enough to keep you here? Because I really need you. So scene changes and now Carson is doing what Ryan asked him to do. And he's speaking with the press that's there. And he's making the announcement that they're going to open up this nonprofit in Tiffany's honor. News media doesn't want any part of that. They don't care. They're asking about the autopsy. Carson's trying to keep a straight face and say, you know, natural causes. But then they keep asking and Carson finally puts his foot down and says that he believes it's actually inconclusive. And by him saying that, Ryan comes up and says, you've just made a horrible mistake. This is not going to go well. The Hudsons are not happy that he said that. And then even, like, didn't Everett make a threat to him, too? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I Nancy, mean, it could be taken that way. And as, like, that whole thing was happening, Nancy was kind of hiding behind the news van and watching. just, like, watching this all play out. And as Carson walks by, he sees her and he gives her, like, a slight nod. And she's just, like, smiling at him. Kind of, like, I'm assuming just, like, out of appreciation for him doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's how I took it. Yeah. So scene changes, Laura and Ace are together, and there's still feelings there. It's pretty obvious. There's tension. They end up kissing, which is weird, and I hate it, but whatever. And it's, like, not just, like, a quick kiss on the lips. It's, like, a long makeout session. <laughs> Yeah. And which leads to them getting in Laura's Jeep in the back. I'm like, hate it. So, scene changes. Nick is back to the shop and he sees that his camera, I guess, is still working, but the, the safe is open and everything is gone. Not good. So, scene changes again. Nancy is in her bedroom and she's re watching the clip of Tiffany. And she sees that Tiffany is actually the one that dropped her ring in the parking lot. It wasn't taken from her or anything like that. She drops it. And then, you know how the footage is kind of wonky and gets fuzzy. And then you can see the image of Lucy, which is terrifying. And once again, I thought it was going to be a jump scare. Yeah. Or whatever. It really wasn't. Um, But then the screen busts again. The same exact, like, crack, whatever you want to call it, as a TV and the microwave. So, at that same time, Bess walks in, makes Nancy jump, scares her, you know. Um, Now Nancy believes that Bess didn't kill Tiffany. 
And so when Bess walked in, Nancy closed her laptop, but Nancy opens the laptop back and she sees that the screen is still cracked. And then she starts putting two and two together in her mind. And she realizes that the crack is the same design and layout of the city of Horseshoe Bay. And this like epicenter leads to the high school. Okay. So that must mean there's something at the high school we need to know. So switch back to um, Nick watching the footage of the camera that he set up in the shop. And we realized that it was Laura that was in there and she took a USB thumb drive. So now we got to figure out what's on this USB thumb drive that she, she took scene switches and Nancy goes to the high school, which is named Keen High School. I love that. <laughs> all oh. these like all these kind of like tidbits a little bit in each episode of like the books mm-hmm. or like the games too. <laughs> yeah, love it. For anybody that's not aware, Carolyn Keene is the pen name of the author who wrote the Nancy Drew books. Um, various different people wrote various different ones. We get into that, you know, when we do our review of the books. Just throwing this out there, kind of going down a rabbit hole-ish, kind of. If you haven't listened to regular Nancy Drew podcast, they talk about, like, the books and all that stuff in one of their episodes. Yes. Yes, they do. And I just listened to their most recent uh, episode where they were talking about the history of Her Interactive, which is the company that creates the games. So if you all are interested in that, they really did a good deep dive on it. Go listen to that. Because that was a good one. That's the most recent one that I've listened to. I meant to tell you that earlier. But anyways, (laughs) I digress. So Nancy breaks into the high school and she's looking around trying to see, you know, exactly what she needs to be finding there. And she ends up finding like some old pictures of some of students from years past. And she's looking a little bit closer and she finds actually a picture of Lucy and Karen together, which means that Karen lied earlier when she said that she only briefly knew Lucy. But it looked like they were actually close. Mm hmm. Yeah. So that's strange. Mm-hmm. So scene changes. George is like locking up the claw. And so she has her backpack open because she's getting her keys and locking the door. And then the next thing we know, Tiffany's spirit, which was apparently still just, you know, hanging out in her backpack, comes out of the bag and goes into George and knocks her down on the ground. And like after George falls down, she kind of like snaps her head up and says the exact like the phone recording that tiffany did to the police to like that she needed help that's the exact same thing that george said yeah and then if it you watch it pans over and you see an open mirror on the ground that fell out of george's backpack (sighs) george now we have a whole other issue that we need to work through and figure out And so, once again, we're left on kind of a cliffhanger. And Chief McGinnis actually kind of knew that Ace was a part of the whole audio clip thing at the funeral, at the gravesite. And he's just, like, super frustrated with Ace. Yeah. (laughs) With that whole thing. Yeah, and he even kind of threatens Ace. Like, Ace has something going on with the police. Like, if you help us, we won't file charges against you, which I assume leads back to him and his hacking skills. Um. I think that's what that's all about. So Ace is kind of, you know, between a rock and a hard place. Like in order to not get in trouble, he has to assist the police with 
whatever investigation they have going on. So yeah, things are weird for everyone. Um, like I said, Nancy just now finding out that, you know, detective Karen, whatever her last name is, I don't even know. Art. Apparently knew Lucy more than she's saying. Uh, Nick dealing with now the stuff that's missing that was given to him. Ace uh, now going down the rabbit hole again with Laura, Tiffany's sister. Bess figuring out if she's actually related to the Marvins or not. Who knows? And then George possessed. What else can happen? Pretty much. So that's where they leave us. I don't know about you, but when Laura said that Tiffany was 28, to me, Tiffany was a lot older than that. She looks so much older. Like, that's that's very strange. I feel like she looks older than me. And like, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I don't think I look my age. And I'm 30. So she looks a lot older. She looks like late 30s to me. But that's just my opinion. Not that that's bad. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't mean it that way, but it's like, she just does not look 28. But then again, I don't know if it's ever said, is Laura older or younger? Is it ever said? I don't think so, but I feel like she's younger. She doesn't look younger either. She doesn't look younger than 28. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But, you know, that's just one of those things. But that's kind of where we're left. So once again... More questions, very few answers, but I mean, I feel like at this point, the TV show really started hitting its stride because we've kind of, we've got a foundation on everybody and we're learning more and more each episode about each individual person, but not like in big clumps, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like in an awkward clunky kind of way. It's like they're taking their time and we're learning more information about each character in a way that makes sense. So it's not like all clustered together and awkward and weird. Like everybody's getting their time to shine, kind of. That makes sense. That's where we're at. So do we have any announcements or anything for the podcast? Or The day that this episode comes out is going to be our six-month birthday. Woo! Yay! Coffee for that. (laughs) Yes, that's an important, at least to me. You know, yeah. happy time. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't believe that we've been doing this podcast as long as we have been. It's been awesome. It's been a learning experience. I've really enjoyed it. I feel like we've connected with a lot of other fans, which is awesome. We've had some really good interviews. I mean, what's not to love? Like, and there could be more fun things coming your way, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to be doing another giveaway really soon in honor of our six month birthday. We'll post more information about that. Once we hammer out the details, we regularly post our schedule of uh, which episode we'll be uh, discussing each week. So you feel free to follow along with us. And if you guys Um, ever want to, if you guys want to join in with us a week on like an episode or a game or a book, let us know. Yes. Inboxes are always open. Tell us what you're thinking. Yeah. If you have an opinion that's totally opposite from us, tell us. We want to know. Yeah. Megan here, popping in one more time for this episode, just to say that another birthday this week is Nancy Drew's 92nd birthday or anniversary, and that is two days after this episode airs. So lots of birthday celebration this week. Other than that, um, do you have anything else? 
We do have a plan for the two-week break. Like, after we do episode nine of the season one, we will be doing... We haven't decided what we're doing first and second, I don't think, Candace. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not yet. So we will be doing, for the book, we'll be doing Secret of the Old Clock. Yes. And for the game, Warnings at Waverly Academy. Yes. We, don't, we just know. don't know if we're doing the game first or the book first. And going off of the book, you will have a nice surprise that week. Just saying. Yes. Super you, we're not going to spill the beans right now. No, we got to keep that close to, close to the vest, you know? So keep guessing. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. It'll be good, though. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Me too. I've actually looked up Laura, her age. Oh, you did? Currently, well, she's 26. She's two years older than me. See? uh, (laughs) I I don't buy it. And I, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't mean anything bad by that. But she just looks and presents herself as being older, like in her 30s. I'm trying to look up Tiffany, but it doesn't say. I don't know. Candace can't find it. I know. It's look like, at, this is me. you find the information, sometimes it's just not out there. Yeah. Kind of just depends. Pretty much. That's pretty much what's happening. You know. But either way, like I said, I feel like we're well on our way in this season to, you know, finding out what's going on, learning more information about each main character, learning a lot of background information. Um, Because I I feel like, and I might have mentioned this before, but I feel like it's always awkward the first few episodes of a new TV show because the writers and the actors have to build a story that's good enough to make the public want to follow them and like give a crap about them. Like it's really hard to get started because if you don't have a first good few episodes, then where are you going? Yeah. I feel like this show did it in a really, really good way that makes us feel for the characters and want to know more. At least that's what I think. Yeah. And I feel like they really dug deep into some of these backgrounds and it's not just like put together all willy nilly with like loose details. Like I feel like when they go into detail, they go into detail. Yeah. It's just dramatic enough to make you want to pay attention. Yeah. So good Uh, job on the writers and good job on the actors. Yep. Give them a round of applause. (sighs) That's right. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook in our Facebook group. And you can find us on Twitter at River Heights Buzz with just one Z. Check us out next week as we dive into season one, episode five. See you next week, guys. Bye.